When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Brett McKay here, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. Now, we've written about some really famous and great men on the site, and a lot of them have one thing in common. They were charismatic. Uh, Napoleon, um, Theodore Roosevelt, Alexander the Great, Socrates, Jesus, they all had charisma in spades. People wanted to be near them because they gave off some sort of aura um, that made people feel good about themselves. Is this charisma, this ability, is it innate or is it something you're born with or is it something you can develop intentionally? Well, our guest today has written a book and said that the whole idea that charisma is some sort of magical innate thing you're born with is a myth. Her name is Olivia Fox and she is the author of the book, The Charisma Myth, How Anyone Can Master the Art and Science of Personal Magnetism. In our discussion today, Olivia and I discuss what it means to be charismatic. What are the things, the attributes you need to be a charismatic person? How you can use that to improve your business life, your love life. It's a really fascinating discussion. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. So stay tuned. Olivia Fox, welcome to the show. Hi, Brett. It's a pleasure. Okay. So you are a charisma expert. That's what it says on your webpage. How does one become a charisma expert? Because like, I thought it was just sort of like, that's like being an expert, expert in alchemy yeah. or something like that. So how did this happen? At personal desperation, which is often a great motivator. I, um, I was very much uh, socially awkward. Uh, actually, you could probably say completely socially inept until my late teens. And, um, and that was a moment at which I realized I had two choices. Uh, either I exiled myself to a desert island, which is <laughs> still an attractive option on occasion, or I learned how to make this whole human thing work. And, and that's where I started. That there, so just out of, out of need, you were, you were an awkward, awkward teenager. I was, yes. And in many respects, I still am a, uh, uh, a diehard introvert and, uh, um, the desert island option is is one that I often long for after a uh, an intense, let's say, series of speeches. Okay, I, I, <laughs> I understand that feeling. I've, I've I've had that as well. All right, so your book is called the Charisma Myth. So, what's the myth of charisma? The myth essentially sums up the the book in in one sentence. Uh, charisma is not innate; it can be learned, and here's how. 
And I think that one of the reasons that we assume that charisma is innate is because it's a learned behavior that is learned at such a, a young age that, um, that by the time we reach adulthood, which is usually when we start observing the charismatic ones, uh, it looks as if they've always had it. Whereas, in fact, it's, it's a bit like, uh, like walking. You learn how to walk by modeling others' behavior, and you fall a lot. And uh, eventually you can do it, well, and for some people, really, in their sleep. Charisma is the same way. It just so happens that some people started modeling early, and others simply didn't. Interesting. So it's not innate. So, okay, here's a question I have. Like, I'm a parent. Like, how do I know if my kid's going to be charismatic? Like, can you tell, like, my, I have a son that's almost four. Can I tell sure. right now if he's going to be, you know, next Bill Clinton? Well, you've got a couple of predictors and the, the strongest predictor is, are you or is your partner charismatic? Okay. Um, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> Yeah. And then you can look at how they interact. And uh, we're going to talk about the, the core components of charisma. And you can actually start seeing them early on, uh, presence, attentiveness to others, uh, self-confidence. But again, because it's something that can be learned, I like to compare it to learning how to drive a car. So certain people have certain predispositions towards becoming good drivers. And not all of us is going to become a race car driver in the same way that not all of us become Bill Clinton, but most of us are able to learn enough to get from point A to point B. And it really is the same with charisma. Okay. When you say predisposition, is, is that, are you perhaps suggesting there is, a, there is a genetic component to it maybe? Well, I would say a personality component. A person, okay. And uh, looking at the genetic components of personality, of course, gets, uh, gets a bit tricky oh, yeah. because then you get into not just the nature versus nurture, but what are the environments that causes certain genes to yeah. express or to not express, et cetera. Epigenics, um, right? Exactly. Yeah. But yes, uh, there, there is a personality component. So I'm uh, being an introvert. I can be charismatic for brief periods of time, sometimes for longer periods of time, um, and I can express certain forms of charisma easier than others. For everyone, there's going to be certain styles that, that come more naturally. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to get more into those styles. So this is great. So there's like hope for people who feel like they're socially awkward. Uh, you know, they're not doomed to a life of social awkwardness. <laughs> Absolutely. And in, in many ways, the introverts have a big advantage because uh, introverts, by definition, don't need to be the center mm -hmm. of attention. And, uh, and that makes them fantastic listeners and, and gives them an easier chance to, to attain the core component of focus. Excellent. Okay. So, all right. So we've always thought of charisma as this sort of magical power. Um, but you showcase in your book, just like tons of research, um, mm -hmm. that it's not a magical at all. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how did scientists or psychologists, whatever, how did they research, you know, convert charisma from magic to science? How did that happen? So that's really interesting. What, uh, for me, the first, the first mystery was why hasn't it been studied yet? If you look at the, the different varieties of leadership that are studied, you'll find everything from transformational leadership to psycho-spiritual, I mean, everything under the sun. And charisma, until recently, really hadn't been studied much. It seemed to be kind of a taboo subject. And the best explanation I've found is that um, one of Peter Drucker, one of the most, possibly the most influential um, business manager 
uh, sorry, business thinker and thought leader of the uh, of the 20th century, was vehemently opposed to charisma since he had um, he had experienced the the Nazi and the uh, fascist regimes personally. Mm. So there is a theory which would make sense that it it wasn't until Drucker's shadow passed that people started looking at charisma again. And in terms of how they did that, um, in a lab, they were able to raise or lower people's level of charisma as if they were turning a dial, simply by instructing them to display specific charismatic behaviors. Wow. So, I mean, so like, I mean, what are some, what's some of the research that's out there that says, yeah, you can change your charisma. I mean, is there a specific, like maybe uh, an experiment that's kind of, uh, sort of the bulwark or sort of lays the foundation for all this? There's not been one experiment. The, the one that I, that I referenced just now is Howell and Frost's experiment uh, in a lab. And this was, that particular one was a combination of self-report, meaning uh, what were the, imp- the ratings of charisma uh, of the same person with charismatic behaviors and with non-charismatic behaviors in a, in a lab environment. So this was really controlled study. Uh, but there have been a variety of ways from how persuasive uh, the person was plus uh, how likable the person was plus how impressive the person was. And you can really decompose it into a series of attributes which put together uh, give you charisma. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that there's all this research now. And because you mentioned that, yeah, people didn't like studying or talking about charisma um i love collecting old books and books from like the late 19th century and early 20th century there's like books about animal magnetism yeah how to develop your animal magnetism which is basically charisma it's like how you can hypnotize people and it was kind of goofy stuff but i guess that was sort of an example of early charisma studies it was yes and uh, a few authors, uh, what they did is that they they portrayed it as a negative. Mm. So what they were what they were doing is saying, listen, here's how you could develop this dangerous quality that is charisma <laughs> if you wanted to. But of course, you're not such a person, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Okay. Well, so how can charisma improve your life? Because there, there's some interesting research that you you cite in the book that mm-hmm. besides just making you more more persuasive, but there's some other things that. Just if you're a man, for example, uh, developing your charisma can do for you. <laughs> it's pretty extraordinary. Well, let me let me start with a non-obvious, which is okay. that having a charismatic leader uh, raises your stock price, um, the the stock price of a company in in terms of in in times of financial difficulty compared to a, a company and an organization with a non-charismatic leader. There's other examples of the persuasiveness, how fast you advance in your career. But of course, let's get down to, uh, to the subject that you're probably talking about, which is, does it make you more attractive to whichever gender you're trying to, to attract? Yes, of course. That's it's probably the number one X factor that dominates all others, particularly if you're seeking to attract women who tend to be in uh, the sexual and romantic context more susceptible to charisma than men. Interesting. And is there like, there's been studies that show that it, it can actually make you look taller. Oh, taller, better looking, more intelligent and richer. Even if you're not. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Exactly. Well, I'm curious about that a uh, bit about uh, companies that do well with a charismatic leader. I mean, couldn't that actually nip, you know, bite him in the butt 
because yeah. you can just have like a charismatic leader, but the guy is doing nothing for the company, right? It, charisma is a big problem in the sense that it's like any other tool. A knife can be used to, to heal or to hurt in the hands of a criminal or in the hands of a surgeon. It's the same tool. It's a knife. The very same with charisma. Let's say that you've got a save the world organization. Having a charismatic leader at the, at the helm of that can be a tremendous benefit to the world. Um, most dictators are incredibly charismatic. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, who was it that wrote good to great? Who's that guy? Jim Collins. Yeah. He talks about that. Like, um, sort of Jim like doesn't the, like charisma. Yeah. He doesn't like charisma. He's like, he's like the, the drucker. He like, you know, boring yeah. guys do better for the company yeah. in the long run. Yeah. And he might be right because charisma really lets you get away with a lot because it makes people want to do whatever you want them to do. And that could be a good thing. So like an example of a CEO who had lots of charisma uh, you talk about is Steve Jobs. Obviously, yes. He would be one of our paragons of charisma. But again, what's really interesting is that for, for Jobs, his charisma was 100% learned. And um, I don't think it's up anymore, but I used to have on my, on my blog a analysis of Jobs learning charisma from 84 to 2011 with a point-by-point example with each of the videos where you can see him progressively learning each of the charisma components. And of course, with the 2011 version, when you compare it directly with the 1984, it's, it's hard to believe it's the same guy. Wow. All right. So there's hope for everyone then. Okay. There Steve really Jobs is. Could, yes. Could do that. Okay, great. So let's get sort of the nitty gritty because I'm sure everyone's like listening. Okay. Oh, yeah, this is great. I want to be more charismatic. <laughs> How do I do it? Um, so you argue that there are three pillars of charisma. We've actually written about this on our website. Uh, you, your book inspired a series of posts. Why, um, thank you. Um, so what are those uh, three pillars for the folks who haven't um, read that post or have seen your book? Well, shame on them. And I think they should go to uh, both your and my website to, uh, oh, to catch up on that. Yeah. Presence, power, and warmth. So what they mean, if you think about someone describing their experience with a highly charismatic person, you'll often hear them talk about what an incredible presence that person has, whoever it is from Condi Rice to Bill Clinton. And what presence is, is literally the ability to stay present moment by moment with whatever is happening and not let your mind wander. And the reason this is so critical is that if you've ever been in a conversation where only half your mind is present and the only half, the other half is, is thinking about something else, there's a high chance that your eyes will glaze over and your, split, <laughs> your reactions will be a split second delayed. And, um, and people will catch that on a subconscious level. Um, and it will give them, it's called an incongruence in, in technical terms, and it will give them the feeling that something's not quite right. So... Lack of presence, not being fully present in the conversation, in the interaction. Presence is kind of the foundation. If you don't have that, everything else falls apart. So then there's power and warmth. Yeah. So power, I want to really clarify that power is not actual physical power. It's not the power to, to command an army. It, it doesn't relate to the actual power you wield, rather the perception of that we get of your ability to impact the world around you. And there are a variety of signals that we look to to get that. And of course, all the um, accoutrements, you know, I'm 
French is my native language, so I'll oh, always have mind. trouble saying French words <laughs> with an American accent, but all the little signals around a person uh, that can symbolize um, power and status, and social status, a lot of intelligence, whatever it might be. But the biggest determinant is the perceived level of self-confidence. And the reason for that is that it's a heuristic. Like many other things, our brain uses a shortcut to determine power. And if you project self-confidence, the brain will, the other person will assume that you actually have something to be confident about. Gotcha. So, I mean, I, I thought it was, what I was struck by, though, about power, and we wrote about it, I surprisingly got a lot of pushback on it. Because, uh, like, oh, How you so? know. Well, it's just like people are like, oh, you know, this is, if you display, if you're trying to, like, display power, you're like you're trying to be, like, a douchebag. You're trying to be domineering. <laughs> It, it just, I was kind of surprised that people were kind of uncomfortable displaying power. Well, um, let me put it this way. A lot of people are uncomfortable with the idea of trying to display power or confidence and then being found out mm. uh, it, it, to, to the fact that they actually don't have any. And so you'll get a lot of pushback about that. But just to be clear, there's a difference between confidence and arrogance and I'm, I'm very clear that what you want to focus is the confidence. What you want to display is the confidence, not the arrogance. And the, um, the difference really will show up in minute areas in your body language. So let's say that you're, if your head is tilted up too far, uh, there's a chance that you will come across as the, the classic expression, looking down your nose at someone, comes from the fact that when we are contemptuous, we really do... Uh, lift up our noses as if the other person stinks. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. If you and if you, I'm always delighted to um, to talk about whatever pushback you get. So if you have any yeah, well, specific areas, that was the one. And I think a lot of it was with because um, I tried to explain like, yeah, it's not you're not trying to be domineering. It's just showing you have confidence. Yeah. Um, but I, I think people just when they see power, oh, you got to show display power. Uh, there's, I think, often negative connotations with that. And they kind of read into stuff that wasn't there, mm. which I think is yeah. is kind of interesting. I mean, that's one of the interesting things with a blog. People, the comments usually say more about the person than like the content. Always, so, yeah. So power, so besides, what's like, I guess you talked about some like specific things you can do to increase your, I guess, present or display of power that are sort of subtle. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. What are some of those things that guys can do? I think that one of the most important ones, and here's a good example, Brett. Right now, I can uh, hear you typing on the keyboard, which immediately gives <laughs> gives me the uh, my computer froze. There you go. Uh, gives the and remember, perception is reality. Yeah. It doesn't matter what reality is, right? Yeah. So of course, reality is that your computer froze, and you need to get it back unfrozen for a variety of excellent reasons. But the perception is going to be, oh, he's spaced out. Yeah, I'm not present. There you go. Um, I think the fastest way for guys is to get comfortable with what's called expansive poses. And there's, there's an example in the book, and I think you put it on the website, where um, you learn how to kind of position yourself like a, like a big gorilla or like an army general <laughs> and really try to take up as much physical space as you can. And that will actually affect your biochemistry. Uh, but the other thing that I, I don't think I was able to put in the book and that I will... Uh, often recommend to, to guys I'm coaching is um, take martial arts okay. and take a real martial art. And I know I'm going to piss some people off, but <laughs> don't go for a sissy sport like karate. Yeah. Um, go for Brazilian jiu-jitsu, MMA, 
judo, wrestling, go for a full contact sport. And the reason is not only do you really learn focus and how to inhabit the space, but there's knowing that you could take down whoever it is that you're in front of really gives you a background um, unintimidatability, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's all. Awesome. Well, actually, we we had a we have a guest post coming up. A guy who started a, a fight club in his garage, and awesome. he works in sales. And um, <laughs> he says like it's helped him. Like when he gives yeah. a presentation, like, I just have a little bit more confidence. And he's yeah, like totally. he's not he's not like a a bro. Like he got his MMA and in writing from Notre Dame. Um, he's a really smart guy, and he's he's he beats the crap out of him out of his friends in his garage like once a week, and it's helped <laughs> well, his career. It, it, it'll help you in a lot of ways. And the other thing that's fun is that I've never met as nice and calm people as I have um, on the fighting mat. It's, it's remarkable in the way that, one, you get to work out any aggression that you have um, on the tatami or in whichever um, art that you're practicing. And two, the really mean guys often get weeded out. The other thing that I would very much recommend, and this will... This one hits uh, all three areas of presence, power, and warmth, is improv. And many, many cities have uh, classes of improv theater. Let's be clear, not improv comedy, improv theater. And improv really teaches you to think on your feet um, and be comfortable improvising, obviously. And it, it can, that one can make a gigantic difference to your social confidence. Wedding season is coming up, and if you are preparing for the big day, I know wedding planning can be really intimidating, but finding the perfect suit shouldn't be. Indochino makes it easy to get a fully customizable suit right from your home. Don't just wear any suit on your big day. Wear a custom made-to-measure suit. Suits start at just $499, which is about the same price you'd pay for an off-the-rack suit at a department store. And they've also got custom made-to-measure shirts starting at just $89. So I've talked about my Indochino suit on the podcast before. They've been a longtime podcast sponsor. It's navy blue. The measuring process was super easy. They got these video guides you follow. You'll need another set of hands to help you out with that. But the really fun part is customizing it. Got to customize how I wanted the lapels on the jacket, the pockets, the lining. I went no pleats on the pants on this suit. A lot of fun. And then in a few weeks, you have a made-to-measure custom suit sent directly to your door. When planning your wedding, get a suit as unique as you with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code MANLINESS to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code MANLINESS. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer a free plant consultation forever. So I use Fast Growing Trees to order not an indoor tree, but an outdoor tree. There is an oak tree that was in our front yard that died a few years ago due to heat stress. Had to cut it down. There's been a blank spot that I wanted to put another tree there. I wanted a maple tree that turned bright red during the fall. And I went on Fast Growing Trees, found the tree that fit the criteria that I was looking for turns bright red. It's a maple tree that turns bright red in the fall. So if you want to try fast growing trees right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants and listeners to our show, get an additional 15% off their first purchase when they use code manliness at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using code manliness at checkout. 
Fastgrowingtrees.com, code MANLINESS, offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Daylight saving time is starting up again. The goal of this is to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting our clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There is only one way to do that. ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com manliness. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to help you find qualified candidates. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you can reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Picture that thing you've always wanted to learn. All right, you got that in your head? Now picture learning it from the person who's literally the best at it in the world. That's what you get with Masterclass. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors, and many of these instructors are former AOM podcast guests. You can learn negotiation from Chris Voss, leadership skills from Jocko Willink, how to master your habits with James Clear. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. So recently, I went through the Masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. A lot of useful information in there. Talked about the value of knowing a negotiation, how to use your body language and speech patterns to get your best out of a negotiation. Very well done. I really enjoyed it and got a lot out of it. Right now, listeners of our podcast can get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash AOM. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash AOM. Masterclass.com slash AOM. Check out the masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. Very cool. You know, you talked about kind of taking up more space as a way to display power. I remember like this very distinctly when I was a kid, my dad, when he'd have employees come over to our house for like, you know, a barbecue or a grill. Like I remember like he would like when he'd sit on the recliner, like he would like drape a leg over. Exactly. And like, I remember like a kid, I was like, that's pretty goofy. But then now yeah. I'm like, that's just, that was like total power display by my, yeah. by my that's dad. A, that's an alpha male signaling. Yeah. Okay. My dad, my dad was an alpha male. <laughs> that's cool. Okay. Doesn't that feel good? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. And the third recommendation that I, that I would give, if you really want to take charisma to the next level, uh, take tango. Okay. And the reason that I specifically recommend tango is that it's one of the few truly improvisational partner dance that also um, has, I mean, capoeira obviously is is both a, a fighting art and a dance that, mm-hmm. that is improvisational, but it doesn't have that contact. It doesn't have that dialogue um, that close that tango will give you. And so uh, since conversation, any interaction really is a dance. It's a conversation. There is, there is a choreography in learning improvisational choreography in the partner space can make you a whole lot more powerful in that realm. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I actually took dance lessons with my wife uh, and we did tango. And, Smart man. Yeah. And it was, it was really cool to kind of, you know, you use your body to like just sort of subtly you know, guide your partner yep. to like where you yeah. want them to go. Yeah. You communicate. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we talked about presence. We talked about warmth or not warmth. We talked about power. So like what warmth, like what is, what do you mean by that? Just you're kind, 
gentle? Yeah, warmth is really simply giving people the impression that you have goodwill towards them. And it does go back to evolutionary roots. Someone who both has the power to affect our world and thinks kindly of us uh, is a really valuable asset. So that's someone that we really want to pay attention to, focus on, uh, cultivate as a, as a contact. And warmth is evaluated 100% through body language and behavior. There, there's going to be no status symbols. Uh, there's the clothing that you wear uh, will be much, really won't play any part. What we look at um, is not the face in general, but more specifically the eyes and the voice. Gotcha. Those are the two biggest markers of warmth. So you can't, it's hard to fake warmth. Yeah, and, and uh, warmth is indeed, because it relies so uh, thoroughly on body language and because there's far too many body language signals that we send out every minute for us to fake it co uh, coherently, warmth is one of those things that you can't fake. Now, that said, you can placebo effect your way into a warmth mindset that will then translate into your, uh, your body language and behavior. Okay. Gotcha. So do you need all three to be charismatic or can you, yep. yeah, you do. Yep. And the only thing that changes is what kind of charisma you'll get depending on which of the three is most prevalent, but you absolutely need all three and you, you can't do without any of them. All right. So yeah, that leads us to our next question. So what are these types of charisma you talk about? So let's be clear. The, it's broken down into four charisma styles in the book because Penguin insisted that it be broken down into <laughs> yeah, four I know how, Yeah, I know how that goes writing a book. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, there's, there's no really four categories. Uh, obviously, there's every charisma is more complex than that, and it's going to be mixing between the styles. It's, you can flow from one style to the other, but they're, they're good groupings. Uh, and also there are a couple of styles of, that I couldn't put in the book simply for decency levels and also because I'm focused <laughs> on the business world. Um, but let's say that you have highest levels of presence. What you'll get is focused charisma. And if you know Elon Musk, the founder of Tesla, SpaceX, etc., uh, Elon is, is very, very focused charisma um, capable. And he can really turn that particular kind of charisma on at will. Um, if you think of jobs, which is, of course, what too many people seek to emulate, you're looking at visionary charisma. Let's say that uh, with you of the three power, confidence is the highest of the, of the three levels. You'd be looking at authority charisma. And um, Colin Powell is a great example of that. And last but not least, uh, if warmth is the highest you can have the, um, the effect that both the Dalai Lama and Clinton have. They both rely primarily on warmth. Gotcha. But they still have those other elements, though. Like Absolutely. Power. And that's kind of yep. surprising. Like the Dalai Lama ha displays power, right? Even oh, though he's the Dalai Lama. Yeah. Come on, the status. Yeah. Well, especially because he's the Dalai Lama. Um, there are many other monks who have this. Mathieu Ricard is a good example. Um, I had a delegation, I met a delegation of eight monks recently in the Bay Area. Um, who are just incredibly cool, who are coming on a, what they call a compassion tour. And being in their presence is really being in the, in the presence of pure joy, unconditional kindness and goodwill. It's, 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 uh, it's almost overpowering, but because there isn't this whole status built around them, it's not the same otherworldly effect and reality distortion field as you'll get 
with a Dalai Lama. Interesting. So mm-hmm. these different charismatic styles, I you kind of mentioned earlier that um, all of us might be predisposed or be more comfortable with a certain style because of just of our personalities. Yeah. And the rule of thumb is uh, in situations where the outcome doesn't really matter, try out new styles and, and push out of your comfort zone. In a high stakes situation, stick close to home and, and use the tools that you're comfortable with and that you can rely on. Gotcha. So if you're giving like a big pitch, like yeah. this is not the time to show that you are the alpha male, you know, you're not going to be a gorilla if you're not naturally a gorilla. If you're not naturally a gorilla, a gorilla correct. Okay. Um, and, and a lot of people have a, a certain fluency of styles. And also remember this, the whole 10,000 hours really comes into play. So I think you'd mentioned the, the video that's on my website. That's one where it seems so effortless because I could say it backwards in my sleep. Mm-hmm. I've been giving this presentation on this <laughs> subject for 10 years. Yeah. And as a result, every breath is conscious. Every tilt of the head is deliberate. That is the choreography of movement. And obviously it's not perfect by any means, but everything is deliberately chosen. And you'll see me flow from focus to power, uh, to kindness and all the other charisma styles. You'll in the, in the real superstars, whether it's Oprah or whether it's Clinton, you will see them flow from one style of charisma to another. You don't need to do that if you're if you're not paid to present for a living. Okay. I just had a question and it just slipped my mind. Okay. Well, so yeah, here's the question. Okay. So I know a lot of people might be listening to this, like, okay, this is great, but they, there's sort of like this ick factor. They're like, cause we we're like, we're, we're this culture where like, you have to be authentic, right? Like you have yeah. to like, whatever, you know, comes out of you naturally, that's what you do. And I think a lot of people, there's like, I don't want to do that. It's not authentic. Uh, well, what's your, what's I your love argument? That question. So there's a, there's a couple of answers. I can give you the flippant answer when people tell me, oh, Flippin's I don't want to play games. <laughs> and I always answer, you're playing them anyway. You might as well win. Yeah. The other answer when people say, but isn't that manipulation? I say, you are manipulating everyone on a constant basis. Manipulation is simply trying to get people to do a specific thing. And really, the only thing that matters is intent. But if we get a bit less flippant I would and look at authenticity, I would ask you this. Am I being inauthentic right now by speaking English with you? Um, well, no. I right? would say no, yeah. And yet, um, I am choosing to speak a language that is not my native tongue in order for us to be able to communicate better. And in the very same way, charisma is a tool like any other to enable you to communicate better. Again, it's back to it's all about what you use it for. And so charisma is a tool in the same sense that if a plumber comes to fix a leak, is he better off with having one single tool or is he better off with having 16 of them? You need multiple tools. Exactly. So that's the way I view charisma. So I'm fortunate enough that I speak several languages and I don't have an inner philosophical debate before switching languages as to, you know, am I really staying close to my authentic nature here uh, even though I'm going to speak a language that's not my own? Same with charisma. Okay. Right, okay. Here's a question. So you mentioned uh, some of the charisma styles didn't make into your book because they weren't really business related. Yeah. <laughs> what were some of those? And they were a little indecent, you said. Yeah. Well, obviously the seductive charisma, and that's where uh, the the whole um, 
I guess, underworld of the PUAs or PUAs comes, yeah. a, comes along. And what's, what's, what's been hilarious for me is that for whatever reason, uh, they and I tended to get along very well. And some of my closest friends were um, characters, uh, real life characters in, in Neil Strauss's book, The Game. So superstar charisma is one that you can absolutely learn. And I, I don't know if you offer those kind of programs, but no. um, I know that the guys at The Art of Charm do. I know that there's, there's a couple of really good programs um, to learn seductive charisma. So, like, are they like some of the stuff that they like put out there, like the, the, in the PUA community? Some of it just seems like, okay, this is sort of like woo woo stuff. But is it actually? Yeah, some are they- of it is complete horse. Sh- and a, a lot of the good stuff is really plagiarizing uh, Cialdini's work. Robert Cialdini is kind of the, uh, you know, the, the, the granddad of this entire field of influence. And so a lot of the more credible stuff is plagiarizing Cialdini uh, without obviously giving attribution. Uh, but that said, um, there are some of those programs that package extremely neatly. And I saw Neil, um, I, I, I flew down, Neil gives uh, seminars for what, what is called, I think, the society. Yeah. Um, right. And I, and I flew down to, uh, to speak at one of his seminars. And so I, I saw the rest of it and his neuroscience is right on target. And he's obviously focused on seductive charisma, seduction charisma. Um, and if you look at someone like him, it's, um, it's really solid and it works. Interesting. So like what sort of charisma, um, I guess the three pillars when you're trying to do seductive charisma, would you focus on? All three. All three. Sorry. Yeah. All, all three. three. Okay. Um, Neil might tell you that you start, you focus more on confidence, but the real answer actually, to tell you the truth is it, it depends where you're starting from. Okay. If you, if you already are emanating so much confidence that you come across as borderline insufferable, um, you're, you are genuinely uh, going to turn off a lot of people. Cocky funny o- only goes so far. Yeah, that's the com- the common trope, right? Like you got to be right? cocky funny. Yeah, and it, it, it'll work for the first five minutes, but uh, if if you try cocky funny on, on me, I'll enjoy it for I don't know five ten minutes, and then I'm like, all right, you actually have depth there because if you don't, I'm out. So you it, it, you really have to have the ability to show all three. Okay, so what what is seductive? Um, charisma look like? I mean, I kind of get warmth, you know, sort of authoritative charisma. I understand what, what would that, what would seductive charisma look like? Uh, seductive charisma is more felt than it is, um, seen. So let's distinguish between two superstar charisma. Think Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe could turn that charisma on. And I, my book starts with a, a story about that, where she could consciously turn on her superstar charisma and the world stopped around her. That's a charisma that's visible at 10 paces. Seduction charisma is really all about your target. If you are able to uh, make your target feel attracted to you, if you're able to create that slight otherworldly feel that the two of you are in your little universe and that she, she or he is completely enraptured by you, that's seduction charisma. It's less about what it looks like and more about how it feels to the target. Got you. Yeah, I read a book not too long ago called Swoon um, huh. about like lady killers, basically. Yeah. And one of them, kind of surprising one, was like Lord Byron. Well, you know, everyone knows Lord Byron was uh, a womanizer. Yeah. But like the thing was, like he wasn't a very attractive guy. Like he had a no, foot, really like, not. Like, but he was still able to like these women just flock to him. You know, they yeah. just they wanted to be near him. <laughs> so he had seductive yeah. charisma. He very much had. Yes. 
Okay. Yes. That's interesting. And, and again, the, the type of, of uh, seductive charisma will really need to be tailored to uh, your target. And so let's, let's talk about Neil's book, The Game. Uh, there's, there's a lot of criticism about all the elements that the book is missing. And yes, there are a lot. But keep in mind that, uh, if I remember correctly, the book originally was 700 pages. <laughs> so he had to, to cut a hell of a lot. Um, every target will need a tiny vi- variation or actually a huge variation. If you're looking specifically at, at um, creating seduction charisma, and if you want, if, if you were trying to seduce me or if you're trying to seduce another woman, we would react to completely different elements. And for some women, because of genetics, upbringing, culture, personality, whatever, let's say that one of them will love. So for them, go cocky funny all, all the way and actually go the whole, you know, the, go the whole negging route, et cetera, and that'll work. For others, they're going to want to see what level of self-awareness you have. What, what depth can you go to? And if you can't show that, you've lost them. And there is no way you can get them back. Yeah. So, yeah, keep in mind that it's incredibly individual. And the other thing that I know Neil couldn't talk about um, in the book and simply for lack of space, but which is absolutely critical, is social class. So that's kind of a taboo subject in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, but social class... And social class is not money, but really, what are the, straight, uh, the strata of social class? That actually will, will greatly affect your ability to take a girl home if that's what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been reading. I'm actually working on a series about um, men and status. Oh, excellent. Um, and it's surprising. Like some of the research is really surprising that's out there. Um, it's kind of counterintuitive. And yeah, I think one of the problems I see with like the, the whole – PUA community. Like I understand there's guys that like, they need that. They're just like, they're not, they're awkward. Mm-hmm. They need that. And I feel like a lot of times they just use it as sort of like a, a one size fits all. Like they just, okay, take this and I'm going to take the same approach with every woman. And then yeah. it doesn't work. You're like, what's well, going a, on? <laughs> it's a great starting point. It's a great confidence booster. Cause you know, just the relief that you can learn this stuff and knowing that there is a system. So it's a great starting point. But then there are going to be so many individual pitfalls. Um, and I'm glad that you're looking at, at, um, at status. Are you going to write a piece about status and social class? Yeah. I mean, it's, awesome. it's, it's, that's kind of where I'm going at it. And it's just, um, I mean, the thing I'm going at is how status affects men differently than women. That's one of the key mm. components because one thing I found is that uh, like status defeat or rejection um, oh, lights up the amygdala like yeah, crazy. It, it men, it like it, it's like their cortisol level spike more than women. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it shortens your life. You age faster, you die sooner, and you have a less happy life. Yeah, and, and kind of the, what, the angle I'm going at with it is that um, today, I mean, like men um, face constant status defeat because like we're so connected, right? You're not only just competing against like the guy in your town or the neighbor, you're competing with like everyone on like the rich kids of Instagram, like all the, the bro dudes have blogs that are traveling over the world. And like, you know, that's who you're competing against now. Yeah. It's Um, really, really hard in the same way. You can make the parallel, uh, for women who are facing similar status defeat with, uh, with impossible physical, uh, beauty standards. Right, and and you look at the death rate amongst teenager um, eating disorders amongst women is is the leading cause of death amongst um, American teenagers. It's, it, it's horrible. female teenagers. Yeah. It, it is. So um, the other thing to look at with with status is um, 
um, you have a couple of people who have Tim Ferriss is one, uh, Leo Babauta, who runs uh, Zen Habits is another, who advocates a media diet. Mm -hmm. And just for your own mental health, for your own confidence, for your own charisma, frankly, um, it's an incredibly healthy thing to do. Yeah, we had, we had just wrote a post about taking tech Sabbaths. You know, oh, one, excellent. Once a week, yeah. just turn everything off and get outside, reset the brain. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, can knowing about charisma, like inoculate you from the seductive charms of charismatic people or is resistance futile? <laughs> um, again, I think it'll depend on what kind of charisma, um, there are certain levels, Clinton, apparently, I, uh, I'll always remember this, uh, old Republican who'd met Clinton, who told me Bill Clinton, I hated him before I met him. I hated him after I met him, but while I met him, Man, I love the man. <laughs> so that's Clinton. Resistance is futile. Um, I think that it's more uh, a perception of inauthenticity um, or manipulation for a negative purpose that will, um, that will kind of kill a, a charismatic effect. Knowing about it can let you see the, the undersides. So, uh, for example, women who have read the game or who've taken... Um, seminars who, who know that literature, it, you'll have a hard time using the same opening lines on them or the exact same routines on them because, of course, they know about them. Um, so I'd say, in a sense, a little bit for most forms of charisma, but there are some that will just overpower your brain. Nothing you can do about it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I wish we could talk more, but I know you have to go. Um, where can people find out more about your work? Oh, that's easy. Askolivia.com. Like asking a question. That's an awesome, awesome domain name. Askolivia.com. Well, great. Well, Olivia Fox, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I'll talk to you soon, Brett. Thank you. Take care. Our guest today was Olivia Fox. She is the author of the book, The Charisma Myth, How Anyone Can Master the Art and Science of Personal Magnetism. And you can find that on Amazon.com and bookstores everywhere. And you can also uh, find more about her work at askolivia.com. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. For more manly tips and advice, make sure to check out the Art of Manliness website at artofmanliness.com. And if you enjoy the podcast and you're getting something out of it, I'd really appreciate it if you go to iTunes or to Stitcher or whatever you use to listen to your podcast and give us a review or a rating. That will help us out a lot. So until next time, stay manly. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.